good morning good morning happy monday i know we usually drop on a tuesday but today we're dropping on a monday anyway welcome in this is an all-new episode of full court press episode five uh we had to take a, a another short break i got sick i'm so sorry y'all but we're back here and we actually have a special guest with us um now i wouldn't even say a special guest we're uh we have a person re introducing themselves here with us uh, along with the usual crew of sean lowry and brooklyn Bari. welcome in welcome in brian how you doing today oh fantastic you know it's good to be back on full court press uh been watching the first month of the nba season and you know it's interesting that some of the thoughts that you know i've been sharing on ssaw as a whole have kind of come fruition um and one of the topics is going to be the one we're talking about today so Excited for that. Most def, most def. How y'all doing, Sean and Jabari? Good, man. Can't complain. <laughs> Me and Sean pretty much say the same thing every episode. I was just about to say good, <laughs> yeah, man. Can't is complain. Like, is, there's there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing new in life going on. Like you know, y'all got no accomplishments. To, like Barry, you acting like you don't have a kid on the way. You, you, what two I, months? First of all, how you know he went down the airway? How you know? <laughs> you know what? Because, because he posts about it on social media. So, nah, it's, you know, it's I'm fine. Like, What's it's it saying? What's it saying? Like, you might as well be like, hey, man, hey, you're not going to celebrate your divorce? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you is know what? For some you? people, if that's good hey, you know you, what, though? Why some people, that is celebrating. Some people, yeah, that's I'm what's going like, on. Not you compared a divorce to a birth. Hey, you know what? Tia Maori already said it's a graduation, so I mean that's no, another analogy is. we can add to that. My favorite of the, <laughs> of the twins. Um, <laughs> anyway, today you know we, we've been we've been going for a bit, so we're not going to be recapping any specific games like we normally do, but we do have important topics to talk about. The first one we want to kind of just get out of the way, honestly, because I personally don't have much too much to say about it. Is the recent drama between Shaq? And Dwight, as we all know, if you follow basketball, Dwight Howard, former champion, you know, shout out to him, and former Orlando great, has elected to play overseas in Taiwan. He's been doing what we expected any NBA player to do once they go overseas, dominate. <laughs> you know, my man's had one game where he just shot only jumpers. He had another game, I think his debut game, where he shot 13 threes. <laughs> you know, Dwight is just having fun out there. Unfortunately, that seemed to have bothered Shaquille O'Neal, um, the Laker great, the 16 teams played for in the league, you know. So um, that's honestly my personal opinion, and I'll read their statements too so we get a, a good idea of what's really going on. But my personal statement is uh, this is childish. Shaq is acting real immature. Um, but, yeah, so let me tell you all what he said. So, he was on the big podcast, that is Spice Adams' podcast, and he was asked about how it's playing Taiwan. Shaq started laughing, and when asked why he was laughing, he said he was going to be honest about how it's play. He said, you should never be complimented for being a good father, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? He's supposed to have 30 points playing against dudes 5'8". This league, he would continue to say, this league reminds me of the Lifetime Fitness League every Saturday when I go work out on Saturdays. You know? So it's just like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Very condescending. It really, especially out of nowhere. It's not like Dwight recently said anything about him. And, you know, one thing when you talk about Dwight Howard, we know back in his Orlando days, he was a, a bit of a diva. He had a couple years where he was just, you know, having issues, uh, immature drama. But lately, he's just been staying out of trouble, you know, just doing him, having fun, enjoying his life. So when he heard what Shaq had to say, he, he had a few words to say. And I just want y'all to really hear the level of maturity in Dwight Howard compared to what you just heard Shaq, uh, what you heard me read about Shaq's own words. So Dwight Howard said, the world is too big to hate on another man. I've never in my life hated on you as a man, as a basketball player, anything like that. Have I joked about or mimicked your voice? Have I mimicked what I see on TV? Everybody does that. Comedians do that. People do that all the time. And I do that all the time, but I do not hate on people. I know I show love to everyone in the world. Stop hating. I saw a video of you talking about me playing basketball in Taiwan, and I'm playing at a Lifetime Fitness League. Do not disrespect my teammates and this league and these people in Taiwan like that, he continues. That is highly disrespectful, and it's hating. You're too old to be hating. You're too big to be hating. You're supposed to be Superman, the original Superman. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you look at this, and anybody can side with Shaq and be like, Oh, Dwight being sensitive, Dwight being like, shut up, Dwight. I don't I don't understand how that's possible. Is this like a WWF promo? It's I mean terrible. that sounds like that sounds like a promo from like WWF or something, you know? It's it's truly disgusting. But gentlemen, like what what do you guys have to say on this, you know, childish situation? This I, I feel like a Shaq board? What's going on? No, I mean I've already been kind of interjecting. Like I think it's extremely condescending and unnecessary for Shaq to even comment as far as he did. I mean, say, you know what, he's playing in Taiwan, you know, good for him, he's making some money, exploring the world, that's what he should be doing. If he said any of that, I mean, fine, like, that's the right, That's that would be a, a, a more correct thing to say, but otherwise, he's just like, I don't know, what is he jealous, that Dwight's in shape or something? I don't know, what what, what, is, <laughs> what, what is this issue? Like, the Lifetime Fitness League? I mean, come on now, Shaq. Like, this is professional basketball. There could right. be like former Division two college players playing everywhere in the world. And let me tell you, as someone that did play by play for Division three basketball, there are good Division three basketball players too that probably could compete overseas in the United States. So I mean, let's just keep that in mind. Like, even playing college ball at any level is still far better than the average person. <laughs> Not to quote Brian Scalabrini directly, but that's that's the first person I thought of in that situation. Right. You know, just unnecessary clowning. And it just it I don't know what Shaq's trying to do. Maybe he's just bought into the media hype too much. Maybe he just likes hearing his voice. I don't know. Listen, I mean, it's I guess it's fun for Shaq to to make fun of Dwight Howard. It's been a ongoing thing for pretty much the duration of Dwight Howard's career because of I guess Dwight Howard calling himself Superman, taking Shaq's nickname and Whatever, however long ago that was, which started probably in the slam dunk contest or something. And to continue, Dwight Howard has, you know, made fun of him and so on and so forth. But this is only after constant jabs from Shaq. Now, Dwight Howard finds himself in an interesting situation in, in, in the Taiwanese league because he openly wanted to be recruited to multiple NBA teams. And, and was he wasn't sought out by any of them for whatever reasons. He wasn't sought out by any of them. but it doesn't make him any less of a player or 
take away from from the player that we know that he can be or still can be at times. Um, the bottom line is he's a top seventy five player. Um, was he he was a snub on that right? That's right. He was. And, he was. And a, that's a, that's the amazing thing too so, because I remember people were like, "How how is Dwight Howard not on the top seventy five? But now here we are. Like, listen, <laughs> you listen, know? He, well, that's easy for he, someone. Uh, that's easy for people within a certain age group. Why was Dwight snubbed? I mm-hmm. mean, there could be people in another group of basketball. Like the younger basketball fans may not agree with us. It, like it's, the group it's, maybe it's a definitely an a, group, an agenda based thing though because if you're looking I at. Agree. If you're looking at stats and you're looking at accolades, not just stats, but you're looking at accolades, stats, um, longevity, um, there's a lot like of things. AD? Yeah, yeah, AD like a lot of things. Exactly, and and Dwight Howard has a strong case, you know, for for this. He was a, a franchise player for a, a good amount of years in this league, and even after not being a franchise player, managed to contribute to a, a championship that was earlier mentioned in the episode. So. Um, I think, like like you said, Brian, it's immature of Shaq to to harp on 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 Dwight's situation. He, you got to humble yourself to even enter a, a situation like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Dwight was a a pretty high pick. He was a was he? Yeah, he was. He a, was he a was number definitely, one pick, Dwight. Yeah, exactly. So school, to yeah. to you got to humble yourself to 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 enter a situation like playing for a Taiwanese league, but. But you said earlier he's he's on a contract that's that's more beneficial to him and his family than a veteran a veteran minimum would have been, and also in my opinion at least he's playing for a team that needs him. Um, he's playing for the, excuse me if I mispronounce it, but the Taiwan Leopards or yeah Tai Taiwan Leopards of the Taiwan's T1 league, and he debuted debuted on Saturday. It was pretty much a double double um back to back. So he had a thirty eight point performance on fourteen for thirty two shooting. He had twenty five rebounds, nine assists, four blocks, almost got a triple double, and then he had to play the next day. Mind you, sorry, he only won by five t- five points in overtime in that in that outing. Now he had to play the next day in a back to back, and they actually lost that game. Um, so I mean, regardless of how you want to look at it. The competition is is still stiff in a sense of them adding Dwight Howard doesn't mean they're automatically going to win every game they play. Um, I don't know. Shaq just looks at things in a, in a light that is just not realistic because Shaq didn't have to go through these things. He was allowed the luxury of just jogging, you know, back and forth in his older days for teams and, but and getting Shaq paid. Was a different class. Like Shaq's in a different class of athlete, though. Like, I mean. Never mind Dwight Howard. The fact that the to, to the nth degree that he clowned JaVel McGee is borderline harassment <laughs> in any other workplace. Okay, we're just gonna leave it on that because that was that was like a five year thing that Shaq was harping on McGee too. But like, I don't know. Like, I I, I think with all these like independent podcasts now that everyone's on, like, you got to say something hot to say right. in the press. Like Shaq is like his own brand. That's what I mean. Like you see Shaq doing like icy hot and you see Shaq doing like, like, I don't think there are many athletes in the class that Shaq is. It's understandable. It's understandable, but I mean, it's still boundaries. You, you, you know, you should afford another grown man respect. I mean, when it, man, like Shaq, honestly, I felt like this for a while. I feel like Shaq 
for some odd reason has been, and it's going to sound crazy, but always been envious of Dwight. Um, for whatever reason. Um, and again, like, right, that sounds crazy, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, like, it's funny because, especially the older, a lot of older cats, they are big, or, or not even older cats, dudes that are just big in general, they love Shaq. Like, they'll cap for him. Like, there's nothing Shaq can do wrong, right? So I'm sure they'll they'll hear this and they'll think I'm crazy. But it's just something w- weird when it comes to, to Dwight. Like, Dwight won the dunk contest, like you said, Jabari, and he just rubbed uh, Shaq the wrong way, that people were praising him. Mind you, Dwight has, it seemed like he kind of looked up to Shaq, right? Like, if you think about it, he went to Orlando, then he went to the Lakers, just like Shaq, right? And instead of Shaq kind of putting his arms around him and embracing him, he was like, man, I'm going to make it, like, my, my my goal to make sure I tear this man down as much as possible. And it sucks because, you know, where you have the Hakeem and even Kareem to an extent, right, where they'll actually um, extend their hands out to a lot of these, these younger big men out there. Um, Shaq doesn't do that. He gets more so just say, like, oh, this is what they should do. But he doesn't necessarily be like, hey, come work with me. Hey, let me help you. And so it's just funny to me where he he clowns Dwight Howard for going, you know, uh, was it overseas? Because remember, if you guys remember, Shaq didn't even really embrace, embrace Dwight coming back to the Lakers either. He wasn't no, he even a fan of that. Nope. You know what I mean? And so he won a ring with the Lakers. And look at look well. at the bigs. Look at the bigs that ended up helping AD out winning a bubble ring. The two bigs that yeah. Shaq clowned the most, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I really do think, Sean, based on what you're saying, that Dwight Howard getting the Superman label at the dunk contest that uh, Jabari had mentioned, I really think that and the trajectory of going from Orlando to L.A., Really, really is the is the thing. I think Shaq yeah. just felt so strongly about losing that Superman title because yeah. I with Shaq is always we always talk about with Shaq. Oh, what if you had it? If you if you put in the work, you know, yeah. what if you and Kobe had it broken up? Superman is undeniable until Dwight Howard came in. Yeah, you know, Dwight went to the finals with Orlando just like Shaq. In uh, 09, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yep. yeah. It was yeah, it was 09. That, that was, was the, the Petrus, the... Rashard Lewis, mm-hmm. Jameer Nelson. That was a good team. Keto Terrakalu. That, that was a fun team, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just to me. J.J. Reddick, too. He was on that team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he yep. was. He was. But it's just one of those weird things, man, to me, where, you know, it, it's like he, he's mad that he's not him, that he's not as talented. But the funny thing is, <laughs> I look at it, too, with Shaq, like, obviously – you know, they was able to squash their beef. But remember, he would attack Kobe for no reason before they squashed the beef. He would just randomly just start taking jabs at him because he felt some type of way. So there's certain people always felt like, you know, for whatever reason, he was kind of envious of certain people. Maybe the way they worked, maybe the way that they got love in certain places. I don't know. But it's just odd, man. And it just, at this end of the day, you know, like you guys kind of were saying, like Shaq is, He's going to do a hot take. He's going – like, it's one of those things when – especially when you talk about bigs, I take it with a grain of salt, right? Because he's not necessarily going to talk just from either the enjoyment of the game or as an analyst, but he's going to talk about it based off of emotion. And, I mean, that's what he's paid to do, especially on TNT. So, it is what it is, man. Honestly, and, and truthfully, that that's really 
about it on the topic just because <laughs> we we said we said everything we needed to say. Um. Th- so with that being said, we do want to, you know, actually, yeah. Let me preface this by saying that. So the other day, I was in the group chat and the Celtics were playing. You know, and and Jason Tatum. It was actually, I think, the Mavs game that happened this past Wednesday. It was the just the strong showing by both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I was like, yo, are they really the best duo in the NBA right now? So our next topic is to talk about the best duos. Look, my pick, y'all already know, but unfortunately, I'm not going first. Just know what my <laughs> true pick is. But uh, Jabari, start us off. What is <laughs> that's unbelievable? He well, whatever. <laughs> Jabari, just take it. <laughs> just take it. I'm pissed off. <laughs> so, so my pick, the pick that I came up with um on my own for the best <laughs> duo in the NBA right now is the two star wings for. The Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, it it's it's pretty known how much we value two way players in this league. How much I value them, especially like superstars when we're rating them. But these are pretty much two of the best wings in the league, unless you consider Giannis a wing, and that's a, you know a debate for another day. Jalen Brown's currently averaging twenty five and a half points. Six and a half rebounds and three and a half assists per game um this season. And and this is this is your this is your second option. Jason Tatum, on the other hand, let me let me pull this up. He's averaging thirty points a game, eight rebounds, and four and a half assists. Definitely Tatum's definitely making a, a campaign for, or sorry, uh, a run for an MVP campaign, while JB's just doing more of of what he's known to do. Um, Boston, as a result of that, have played eighteen games. And what's your record, Abe? The Celtics are fourteen to four, Jabari. Don't worry, the Celtics are fourteen and four. Th- thank you, Abe. So the Celtics are fourteen nine and four. one in their last ten. Nine yeah. and one in their last ten. Um, Shout out to the Bulls for ending for interrupting our streak. And this is an extended stretch that they've played while doing all of this. They've been playing without their main big Robert Williams or Time Lord, as as the fan base knows him to be. Um, <clears throat> it's just it's just an impressive year so far for the two Celtics wings, um, Tatum specifically. They have both always had potential. They're both. Lottery picks as a result of the terrible trade Billy King made with the Boston Celtics in like 2013 that I don't want to talk about, but that's my pick. Um, that's definitely my pick, and I'm I'm content with them for the first half at least. Yeah, there's no dispute. This is why I'm so annoyed because like everybody, <laughs> it was clear as day what my I mean, hello, <laughs> as as I said, I'm the one that started off this whole topic by <laughs> visiting the group chat. But whatever, whatever, Brian, Brian, what about you? What's your what's your duo? Well, before I start, my I got to interject with the Tatum and Brown thought. I think Abe and I were now the only Celtics fan. fans. I know Abe and I are the only Celtics fans on the entire Celt- social did, media did sphere. Did the two Celtics fans not... just say Celtics fans in sync? That's, <laughs> yes. that's, that's weird. Yes. Y'all are weird. Yes. 
Yeah. But anyway, we were the ones that did not want to trade Tatum and Brown for Anthony Hell Davis. yeah, boy! And now I'm justified for sticking it to the man around yeah, here. That, everyone... I said the same thing, though. No, 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 no. I get Brian credit for bringing that up. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And and Roberto and Roberto is my witness. And Jabari, you know how many times have you have people been like, if you had to, would you trade Tatum or Brown? And it's and I and you know you don't trade Tatum, but I've always defended Brown. And for what Mm -hmm. for what reason? Because of this. (laughs) There's no reason to ever trade that. You know what? If Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady stayed together. Toronto would have won a championship. I fully believe that. I've always believed in that. I and mean, when I saw Brown and Tatum drafted together, I, I and mean, I saw how they played that first season without Kyrie there in the playoffs, I'm like, these guys got to stay. You got to build around these two. Everybody else can go. You build around these two. Listen, nah. And so far, Brown, so good, honestly. Brown That's how I felt for a long time. Brown's too woke for Boston. He needs to get the hell out of there. I well, I mean, we're not talking about that. Co- that <laughs> oh, 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 you mean off, off the court, off the court. We can't. Because the Brown, city Brown, is Brown. never. He's my favorite The Boston media will reason. never acknowledge it. So, like, yeah. that, let's get that part out of the way. So that's that's going to always be a problem no matter what. Yeah. So one day if he leaves, he'll be another one that leaves because of that reason. So be it. But if it were my control, I would do anything in my power to have him play for, for the Celtics for 20 seasons. And then he can run to be the governor of Massachusetts right after he retires. Honestly, he might get into political you know. office. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's but an Ayanna yeah, Presley Ryan, district, by the way. So, Who's your duo? Well, my duo this season, uh, watching a lot of Cleveland Cavaliers uh, basketball this season. And Darius Garland didn't start the season uh, healthy. So let's keep that in mind as well. Because Garland and Mitchell are going to be one of the best backcourts in the NBA for the next five years. But until then... We have to focus on what Cleveland has done well, and that's defend on the other end. And that was a problem they had last year because they would be able to score a lot of points, but they couldn't match up well defensively. Evan Mobley took that next step for Cleveland towards the second half of the season when they got Karis LeVert. And now Evan Mobley with Donovan Mitchell now as that prime perimeter scorer that they have lacked for so long, and not even counting LeBron because LeBron's a freak of nature. But a true perimeter scorer, they've never had that in Cleveland. And now they have that. And now they have a true winger. They have a, they have a true big, I mean. For the best big they've had there, and no offense to Kevin Love. Again, Love is more of a, a swing forward. Like, Kevin Love I put in the Rasheed Wallace class. Like, he's a power forward, but he's not, like, a big. He doesn't play like a true big. He plays like a wing. He has wing-type bills. With Mobley, he has the athleticism on the defensive end to stay in front of any player one through five. And I saw him do it in the college level consistently. I saw him do it as a rookie last year for most points until he got himself into foul trouble because he hacks a lot. That's really the only issue with Mobley. Mitchell looked unbelievable. Those two Celtics games, Cleveland looks like the second best team in the Eastern Conference right now, behind the Celtics. And I'll even say Cleveland could win the East if everything works out because they are that good. One through eight, I don't think there's three or four teams in the NBA better than Cleveland right now. One through eight. After that, it's a little sketchy. But that's why I'm I'm loving Cleveland this year. This is this is my favorite Cleveland team I've ever watched. Just putting it out there right now. No, that's interesting since I did pick Cleveland as one of the teams to look out for, and that's that's interesting. That's true. Very interesting. <laughs> and <Wow>. currently, this <laughs> is the number one seed. I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna say. You we know? talked enough about your Celtics, man. Let's move on. 
That's we true. Talk about him. Boy, don't, don't play. I, I still got to go. I still got to go. Still... And then, I mean, who, who and then from a pay? Cleveland perspective also, I mean, that's starting five of Garland. Being able to put on the final two minutes of a game needing points, you can put Levert, Garland, Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley. I mean, that's dope. I'm sorry. That's like, that, that's like perfect 2K. That's like unbelievable. So, mine is, I mean, unfortunately, I do have to agree with the two Celtics fans as far as the best duo would be those people in Boston. Um, but Wait, you, you agree with me. I picked them. Oh, you, you, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, but I, who I, who I have to me is not the best duo, but I will say this season, when healthy, is the best backcourt, and that is John Morant. Everyone knows how I feel about him. Um, and then Desmond Bain as well. Obviously, he's hurt right now, but um, yeah, they actually. They're behind um, Brown and Tatum for the most uh, 30-point duo. So, Brown and Tatum have four. Bain and Morant have two. And both of them have been injured. So, I right. truly believe they probably would have had 30 points, maybe even surpassed. Because um, they, when they both play – They'd be neck and neck for sure. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when they both play, um, was it they average average was it 55 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds a game. That's average. Right, so that that's, that's just pretty damn good what, for guards. Exactly, right. That that's that's <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Like, so that's why I say for yeah. me, um, and and Bain's numbers, just so you guys can know, is he's was averaging before the injury twenty four points, five rebounds, and five assists. So to me, he was he was trending to be an all star this year, right? And then John Morant, uh, twenty eight points, six rebounds, seven assists, which is absolutely ridiculous to get that for your backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, so. To me, that that they're not the, necessarily the best duo, but they are the they're they're just such a handful, and it's crazy because a lot of people didn't expect Bain to do what he's doing now, but he showed flashes like this in college. If you got if for those that did watch him, but it is oh crazy. yeah he, to to be as know, consistent as he's been, it's definitely yeah. been, he's definitely take the next the next step. Yeah, because no one expected. If I remember correctly, I'm drawing a blank right now. He wasn't a, he was a late first, wasn't he? That was a Celtics draft pick, unfortunately. And then yeah. he traded his ass. I don't know why. I am <laughs> hating on Danny Ainge for that every day. Because he would have been the final piece. We he was, he was the last him. pick of you know the first I mean? round. He well, okay, that's what I thought. That's what mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. But I think they did that to get out of the luxury tax, though. But. He's only like 24 years old. So, you know, they, they have a, they have a amazing, amazing core. They keep them together. Now, you do, I do believe you do need, you know, strong wings um but the way that memphis has been putting this roster together i do feel like they'll be able to find that i mean i know jackson well i guess he's like a their power forward but they need i feel like they just need like another just a, a solidified wing and memphis is going to be very scary yep. very, very scary. yeah like a true like defensive yeah small forward that would really take them to the next level yeah my duo is going to be. I'm going to show the Sacramento Kings some love, who at the time of this recording have been on a nice tear. I think they're eight and two in their last ten games. They have the number two offense behind me and uh, Brian's number one offensive team, Celtics. Uh, and actually, at the time of this recording, they're going to start playing each other, so that should be a fun, high-scoring game because both defenses are average. 
But I'm going to show some love to De'Aaron Fox and uh, DeMontis Simonis, um, who, while DeMontis Simonis cannot play a lick of defense, um, <laughs> and his shooting has been, you know, iffy, especially to start off the season, he has started to find his groove, his rhythm. Um, and those two are just helping the Kings be somewhat relevant. Um, I say somewhat because I don't want to get anybody's hopes up that, oh, is, are the Kings for real? I, I personally don't think they are for real. But shout out That's to Mike Brown. That's not a debate for the show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Shout out to Mike Brown uh, for, for you know, at least making it look like something is happening. We're, we're going to give it more time. But I will give Sabonis and Fox some love. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is averaging 25 points per game. You know, he's he's getting he's getting his points. Sabonis is averaging 16. Like I said, he started off slow, but he really should be averaging over 20. And probably by the time the season's over, he will be averaging over 20. Uh, they're both shooting over 50%. Uh, and I mean, Malik Monk. Big thing. Malik Monk's had some good good games for them, too. Yeah, yeah, he has, he has. So, you know, it's just like, all right, let me let me not seem like Sacramento. Congratulations, y'all. Y'all don't have the best duo. We already know who the best duo is. That's without a doubt. But y'all do have a very strong duo that can contend. Uh, like I said, Sabonis is shooting 57%. Fox shooting 54%. I'm not going to be mad at that, especially with how many uh, attempts they're both putting up. Fox 17, uh, Sabonis 10. You know, they're they're playing efficiently. Um, Sabonis should get, should get more points, and that should be coming, but they're doing the damn thing. Uh, with that being said, we're going we're gonna to talk about someone um, who actually does deserve to be talked about, and that is Brooklyn Nets, Philly's very own Ben Simmons. Now, normally, I'll just start off by saying this. Normally, when we talk about Ben Simmons, it's never, it's never anything good. But recently, recently, Ben Simmons apparently knows how to play basketball again. And it looks like he's having fun. Now, not saying everything's perfect because there is that one uh, fourth quarter. Uh, just, I don't know what that was, Jabari, versus the shorthanded 76ers where, you know, he just decided to not play. I don't know. Did, was he benched? Did he Was he sick? What was going on there? <laughs> um, but otherwise, it looks like Ben Simmons is playing ball again, and honestly, just as a basketball fan, this is only can only mean good things for the Nets, you know, because now they can start to figure out what they want and what they're trying to do. And you have a formidable trio in Simmons, Kyrie, and KD. Now Kyrie is back. Kyrie is getting buckets again. That is a that is a respectable trio. It should be. Um, so hopefully he gets back to doing that. I'm happy that he's having fun. It looks like he's starting to have fun again. Um, you know, the, everything that happened before with his mental and all of that stuff, glad that it seems to be behind him at the moment. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what that means for uh, Simmons uh, the rest of the season and what that means for the Nets. But um, uh, Brooklyn Barry, how you how you feeling about Ben Simmons, the, the guy who's been causing you so much headache? How do, you, how do you feel about his recent performance? So Ben Simmons has been an interesting 
an interesting case to study this season. Um, he eventually got benched by Jack Vaughn, and I think that was for his better his betterment because he clearly even even he said himself that he's still getting back into condition and then getting back into the way he used to do things game by game. Um, he wasn't really giving us much of an explanation or, you know, as to what was going on at the time. So, you know, we just had to judge him based off of his output. But as of late, as of this last week in specific, we're talking about 15 points a game, seven rebounds, sorry, seven assists a game, five rebounds a game with the defense, with a, a block, almost two blocks a game and two steals a game on three turnovers. So, and this is his last week's average. And and in the little run that he's been scoring double double digits and, and actually scoring above 10, Brooklyn's the three and two. And the two losses are the Philly loss that you mentioned. And when he started that streak, it was a Sacramento loss where we got blown out that I'm not even going to talk about. But since then, we're talking about against Sacramento, so 11-5-3. Uh, against Portland, 15 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and a, and a, and a two-point win. So very crucial. And then another big win against Memphis. Um even though they were shorthanded, 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a win, sorry. And then, yeah, we had the shorthanded Philly team that, that we lost to the other day where he, he put up an almost triple-double but disappeared in the fourth quarter. He rebounded on a back-to-back after that against Toronto the next day for 14 points, two rebounds, six assists, three steals, two blocks, so. He's starting to fill up the stat sheet. I think he's starting to feel comfortable driving again, um, you know, absorbing a little bit of contact. He's not entirely scared of the free throw line anymore. It's not as obvious as it once was. He still has a long way to go to to be the player that, that he was before, but it wasn't like he was a sharpshooter or anything. So the game that he needs to come back to him wasn't that complicated in the first place. So it's it's just good to have him back into a groove and especially at a time when um Katie's been pretty much, you know, just taxed out and and you can see it and and he's been open about you know the help that he needs from his teammates and from the organization to succeed. Um and then also I have a we got a a first-time coach in Jack Vaughn that we all want to succeed, you know. So I just think it's it's crucial that Ben gets his timing back and and just gets comfortable again. I mean, he's playing better. <laughs> um, I still obviously have my questions. I'm still reserved on it. I still definitely need to see him get back to the level that he was in Philly. Um, I still as, as how the roster is right now, and I I don't even know if Vegas still has them favorite, but I still can't see them coming out the East. Oh, no, we weren't. I don't think we were favorite at any point this season. Not no, no, even I thought, beginning. I thought the offseason. Nah, we weren't favorite in the offseason. No? Oh, shit. Okay, okay. My fault. Then. I thought, yeah, yeah I thought you, it, was, it was between you. They took our Christmas us. games and everything. Like, we don't. <laughs> nah, we we, 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 we a whack team I now. Was, I thought it was Bucks, Boston, and Nets. I thought. But I don't know. I'll have to check the number. I think it was the Bucks. Um, 
I don't think it was Boston to begin the season, but it might be them now. Okay. No, so before it, it, at one point Brooklyn did have um favorable odds, but that shit quickly started to drop. Yeah, yeah. I remember this, once the drama yeah, happened, it changed. It, but it, I remember quickly. because um I th- who was it? Stephen A. Smith, one of them talking heads. They were picking the Nets to come out. A lot of a lot of talking heads was picking before all the drama came out. A lot of people yeah. thought. Like, uh, I thought. You know, I thought. Yeah, I was talking about like the 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 books and stuff like that. But um, no, no, yeah, no. I think oh, I, I think Stephen A. Stephen A. Stephen A. A healthy Kyrie. Ben Simmons will defend the other team's best player. The Nets got it. The Nets will get there because yeah. KD will get them over no, the top. That, that's all I hear. Stephen A. Definitely, like, definitely had us, but he's yeah, a curse. Definitely Stephen a. He's a curse. Yeah, well, I, 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 I thought I saw the books too have y'all for a second, but again, I, I don't know. I, I'm not big. The on Bucks that. were really heavy favorites. I, like oh, I, I, a lot of the sports media, like diaspora, had the Bucks winning. Got you. Okay. There were a few oh. Philly picks too, though. There yeah. were a few Philly picks. Yeah, yeah. I once where, Ime, but... once Ime's situation happened, the Celtics dropped. Okay. Yeah. But now they up. And then well, it came right back up two weeks later. Yeah. Well, regardless, <laughs> well, regardless, right? The Nets, the Nets have championship aspirations, obviously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And they haven't, they haven't even made it to the conference finals yet. So the pressure is definitely on. Um, and Ben needs to be that piece that they need him to be. Uh, defensively make plays um, and be able to get his confidence back. Cause if he's not able to get his confidence back, he's going to be cooked in the playoffs. And so that's, that's means he's going to not be able to be playable basically be on the bench most likely. Cause now nah, he's a shooter. So um, yeah, I mean, it's good that he's getting his legs under him. You know, I hope he can build from this and be that number three guy that they need him to do. And he, again, even if he's, not shooting a bunch of shots. That's perfectly fine. But just don't be shy. Like, if the lane's there, take it, you know, and, and be that defensive anchor. Be the leader on the defensive end. Then. Be the leader, you know, when it when it's making sure everybody's in the correct set. Be that point guard. Then if, if, if that's what, you know, well, that is why they brought you there, to be, you know, a playmaker, be the defensive to, anchor. To Sean's credit, um, KD gave up an open dunk, and then Ben Simmons is like, dunk that shit. And KD yeah. was laughing, <laughs> and he said, but it's funny, but that's the shit he likes. I mean, but at the same time, it's ironic coming from Ben Simmons, yeah. you know, to tell somebody else to dunk a ball. But, yeah, it's it's just glad. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i take it from anyone at this point to oh, get yeah. these guys motivated. And, and you for know? Ben, though, for Ben, that, that's I think that's – some people are wired like that, right, where they – they feed off of, off of their other players' success. So he likes to get everyone in position, which is great. You know what I mean? So, But he has to do that consistently. And he also has to take his own advice, right? Like, he can't be over there, okay, backing out just to pass it up to someone that's guarded or whatever the case is just because he's afraid to get fouled. So, you know, it's a good it's a good stepping stone. Um, I have to see a lot because I know what KD's going to bring. I know what, what Kyrie's going to bring. I'm more so watching Ben because when it when it's crunch time in the playoffs, um, obviously you guys got a new coach, so we that's you know that's still up in the air to see what that looks like. But Ben, as as quote unquote the point guard, you're supposed to be obviously like an example or or you know extension of your coach, I should say. So um, I want to see how how he builds from this, and if he does that, then the Nets will definitely be in the mix. But if not, then obviously the the shortest, I mean, the season's going to be disappointing 
I mean, in the long run. But we got a lot of time, so there's a chance for him to continue to build. Yeah. Well, I just got word from Brian's agent that we only have him for another nine minutes. So I'm going to let him, you know, talk on Ben Simmons. I mean, what's, I mean, with Ben Simmons, just tell me in March, honestly. Like, <laughs> let's see where he is in March. No, honestly, because I think for Ben, it's getting back in the rhythm of playing NBA regular season basketball consistently day in and day out. I mean, he played, he was with, he went without for like a good stretch. Now, whatever he was out for is his business. Whether he wants to come out later on and talk about it, that's up to him. We probably will know the whole facts pretty soon. Might be a whole 30 for 30. Who knows? But regardless of what happened with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, because we know it's Philadelphia, right? Speaking of Boston being a crap market, I mean, Philadelphia's rough. Whether they're in the right or the wrong here, we'll find out. But I think with Simmons, Let's see how he does across the winter time and see how he does in the spring. Because if the Nets are hitting on all cylinders, I really think Ben could really find his groove, and that could really be a good spot for him. I think to 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 just on off of what you said, it's the Nets are an ideal situation as far as location wise for Ben Simmons. Um, right, like we're in a town that you're not going to escape the media, but you're also not the vocal point. When you're when you're playing in a town that has the Knicks, the the Giants, the right. Yankees, and et cetera, so the Nets just aren't just typically we aren't at the forefront of of the New York media's minds unless we're doing extremely Plus, good or extremely bad. Every headline, exactly. And when when they are focused on the Nets, it's it's Kyrie and KD as as you said, you know. So it's yeah. it's a it's a good situation and for Ben to to get back into what he does because Sean said he wants he wants to see Philly Ben. And in my head, like I can't say he's I can't say he's close to that, but Philly Ben wasn't Philly Ben wasn't a complete player. No, I don't think he wants that. In my head though, he wasn't a complete player, but 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 he's still not close to that. So it's it's not it's not something crazy for him to get back to that level because in my opinion, he was most of that was predicated off of athleticism, and then and then you had his gifted passing. Um, after the athleticism that let him run the floor, rebound, um, play great defense, stay in front of people, guard multiple defenders. Um, he needs to just watch. He needs to watch Chris Webber footage, and just become a power forward and become a power. And that's that's Chris never happening. That's never happening. I know. But that would be that would if if the Eureka moment ever hit him, he realizes that he could do a lot of those similar type of. He's not the athlete Chris Webber was. That's obvious. But I mean, as far as like the fundamentally, like as far as the passing, the the ball. If he could learn how, he's a great defender. I mean, that alone will separate him. That will keep him around. So that'll even give him. If even if Brooklyn doesn't work out, he'll still get a third chance because his his defense will provide that. But it's him. It's 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 his effort that's going to be the deal breaker for him. It's does he want to get to that next level? Right. And there are a couple of cross sport references, but I'll keep it very simple. But that's really, I, I'm going to keep it away from that. But it's really that simple. Does he want to hit the next level? Right. But Brian, and I think that's, that's been his issue for since he came out. If we're being honest. True. Mm-hmm. He never improved. He's still the freshman at LSU to me. Yeah, I agree. That's what that. I'm saying. Like to get back to that Philly level is not far because he wasn't really doing much. He was doing the same thing his whole life. He just runs the floor, and you know, for a point guard, he's six ten. So I mean, that alone is an advantage, and he definitely used it. You know, he'd post them up, run the floor, make the passes that 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 you know he's passing above people's heads. You know what I mean? So, 
like I'm not gonna say he's not an impressive player. At six ten, it's definitely an impressive player, but um, soon he's gonna run out of excuses. So true, <laughs> you know. Or he's gonna end up playing in like Taiwan with Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, before Shaq. Before we lose you, Brian. No, <laughs> before we lose you, Brian. Uh, we're gonna continue with our new segment, which is basically um, key injuries. Last last episode we talked about Kawhi. This episode we're gonna talk about the one and only Anthony Davis. Uh, Brian, just your quick thoughts before you head on out uh, to responsibilities. So, how do you feel about his injury history? How it's affected his team? How it affects his legacy? Well, legacy wise, there have been a lot of bigs that have been banged up. I mean, I just saw a headline that Greg Oden is now the director of basketball operations for Butler University. So, shout out to Greg Oden first of all. Um, cause that's a nice spot for him to be at. But with Anthony Davis, I think the real question really is like, why doesn't, I think the question a lot of people have is what does he do to condition himself to last an entire season? Because there were a lot of bigs in yesteryear that would work themselves like dogs, you know, like, and I think this is the Patrick Ewing question again, right? You know, is Anthony Davis taking the proper precautions is he taking the proper advice is he taking is he doing everything in his power to make sure that he can be healthy for 100 games and i'm sure lebron sitting seeing lebron on the other side of the locker room doing all the freakish crap he's doing over the last 15 years doesn't help his confidence either but ad's always had this issue where i think he's just abnormally tall and i think sometimes when you're abnormally tall those knee and foot injuries are going to naturally happen that happens all the time we see it in football too with a bigger with a bigger taller offensive lineman but that's really it. Like, I, I think for genuine thinking, like, Anthony Davis is fine. But, like, again, the longevity, the way he plays sets him up for disaster. Because in April, he's not going to be able to bang people the same way that he banged them. And in, in right now, like, he's not going to be able to punk DeAndre Ayton like that in, in, in April in a seven-game series. That's the difference with AD. But we saw in the playoffs a couple of years ago that AD can absolutely carry a team to championship. But, like, again... He's got to be there. He's got to play. Otherwise, it's going to become a Patrick Ewing late 90s Knicks question. Like, yeah, you have the quality team, but can you keep Patrick healthy when you need him to? And the Knicks never could answer that question. And I hope for the Lakers' sake, for their fans, that they can answer that question or at least find a compromise to it because it will destroy them. I totally feel that. I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you for um, making the time out to to rock with us. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, Brian. Of course. So, Sean, what are your thoughts on AD, his injury history, legacy, um, and by all means, you don't have to rush. We, we got time. Honestly, for Anthony Davis, I, I know Brian mentioned, like, you know, um, just like how LeBron's able to take care of himself and, you know, uh, basically what, what can he do to prevent it? And I feel like some of that is just genetics and some of that is just out of his control because... I think he was like 15 or 16, some crazy like that. And over the summer, he grew like six inches or something, some ridiculous like that. Um, and on top of that, not just that, over the summer, um, when he was 23, I believe, he grew from 6'10 to 6'11. And I remember they interviewed him about it, and he was actually mad about it. Like he was, he wasn't happy about that, um, at all. And I think. The reason why he knew, too, is just because your body is not like we think like we watch it all the time. But if we really think about it, seven foot isn't normal. Right. 
Like, that's not a normal thing. And especially if your body can't really catch up to it, you know, that can, that could cause some different things. Um, when you grow, like, I don't know if you guys, well, yeah, I know you guys have heard it before, like growing pains, right? Actually, my son is dealing with that now. Absolutely. Um, but with growing pains, you know, it's actually good to make sure that you stretch um, because it's so easy to get leg injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But when you're young, you're not thinking about it. Like, let's be honest, when we were young playing, or I should say for me, you guys are younger than me. When I was younger, I'd never stretch. Hell no, I'm just going out there, playing, doing whatever. So it's just different things like that where I think it's out of his control. I'm pretty sure he is trying to eat right. I'm sure he is stretching. I'm sure he is trying to do everything he can. But it's just freak injuries. You know what I mean? And some of those things is just luck. And some of that I feel like is genetics. Um, but when he's on the court, you know, obviously he's amazing. Um, obviously with LeBron slowing down, LeBron's numbers look great. Um, but to me, as far as impact, they need AD. Like, they need him to be on the court and be healthy for them to really um, be in the game. He's such a key component. But, obviously, it's difficult for the Lakers because if you're not available, then what good are you, right? Um, but at the same time, I feel like AD at times does get a bad rap because he's on the Lakers. That's why I'm, I really think it's mainly because of that because injuries happen, right? Kawhi gets injured, and he doesn't get nearly criticized as much um, I know they call Anthony Davis street clothes, but I mean Kawhi might as well be called Mr. IOU because he's never on the court. He owes me some uh, entertainment on the court, please, so we can win. <laughs> <laughs> you so about to, you about to, <laughs> please. <laughs> you about to pull up on him and be like, look, man, look, <laughs> we like, can do please. this the easy way in the hall. You, know, <laughs> you like, better get over that court. So. You know, and and like I said, he doesn't, Kawhi doesn't get nearly, and I get it, he has, you know, better, more accolades and things like that, but Anthony Davis has been available way more for his team than Kawhi and other players, if I think on the top of my head. I'm sure there's other players as well that's dealt with injuries, you know, that's been getting a pass. So, um, but as far as legacy, man, I, I, I think, you know, what people will say, he was a great player. Top 75, you know, I don't agree with that, but top 75 player, Hall of Famer, because um, if you're a top 75, you're already in the Hall of Fame, basically. So a Hall of Famer, you know, but he gets dealt with injuries. But he was able to, you know, still still win games. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think his legacy will be fine because um, he held LeBron wins. And, you know, the thing now, it will look different, though, if the Pelicans somehow make it to, like, the Western Conference Finals, they ain't got to make it to the Finals. They make it to the Western Conference Finals, people are going to definitely start looking at Anthony Davis a little different just because they'll be like, okay, you know, Zion or Ingram or whoever. Okay, you know, because when we look at those New Orleans rosters, right, like those those Pelicans, or were they the Hornets? I think Pelicans, <laughs> right? Like, um, we say, oh, man, Anthony Davis didn't have enough help. Um, but they, they did a pretty good job with that roster. It just, it never worked out. Either Anthony Davis was hurt. They had Boogie. He got hurt. Um, they had Drew Holiday, who now is a champion as well. Rondo. Right. Yeah, Rondo. That's right. Drew, or, yeah, yeah. Rondo and Drew, wasn't Rondo and Drew Holiday that had, a Damian Lillard in jail? Pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that, had them. 
Yeah, they they had him in jail for a minute. And but, I think Alfred Payton was like the backup. Uh, that's right. Point yeah, guard yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they they had some talent, but I remember for a while it was, hey, you know what, AD's going to Lakers, where he'll go to a place where they'll build around him. And as we're seeing, okay, no, the Pelicans, you know, hey, they do have some talent. Obviously, it's different now, but again, when you look back, they did have some pretty good talent that he played with. So. They'll look at him as a champion, someone that, you know, gets dealt with injuries. But I do think his legacy will be looked a little bit differently if the Pelicans, basically if the Pelicans can advance far, further without Anthony Davis. Because remember, for a long time, Anthony Davis was, you know, top five talent and, and somebody still top five talent. You know, I remember people were saying top, top three, top two best player in the league. Um, when he was with the Lakers, now that could have been, you know, Lakers and media gassing it up. But still, like that was something that people were saying, especially after they won the bubble, things like that. So, um, so yeah, man, he, he he's a great player. Um, but as far as the injuries go, I, I just feel like a lot of that's just out of his control. And it's just easy to make fun of him because he's clumsy. But again, I think <laughs> I think part of that is just because he never really got to fully grow into his body. So, you know, he just trips over someone's foot and now he's out for two weeks or you know he bangs his left pinky or whatever you know so it's just different things like that i mean without going too far back into his his pelican days uh i think his legacy ultimately would be fine because ad just he has a very very just large skill set as far as um even even among legends because he's not just a two-way player, but he can he can do a little bit of everything on offense and then and then defensively, he's he's one of the better prospects I think we we've, we've ever seen, and he's he's backed it up time and time again. When he's healthy, it it's no question um about his talent and and about his work ethic. It's really just about being healthy. So if we're just looking at the uh his time with the Lakers. The bubble was a a good situation for him because he had a a little lingering injury um with a contusion, but got time to recover because of the bubble. And as a result of that, he played sixty two out of seventy one games that that year. The year after, um, he dealt with calf, Achilles, and I think another injury, and only played uh thirty six out of seventy two games, and then had a groin injury in the game four of the quarterfinals against the Suns that year and wouldn't play again. Um, now, last year, which was really bad for him, he, uh, I think he, he had a bunch of, he had an MCL sprain, knee soreness. Um, he missed 17 straight matchups, hurt his wrist, turned his ankle. Um, and then he had a, a midfoot sprain. And as a result of that, only played 40 out of 82 games. And this is last season. So if we're looking at this season so far, um, I think we're, for the Lakers at least, they should be about maybe 16 games in or something like that. He's having a monster season. Um, and and rightfully stepped up when LeBron was uh, out with his injury. Westbrook got benched. But AD stepped up to the plate, and as a result of that, in the last two weeks, he's averaging 32 points a game, 17 rebounds a game, two assists, two steals, two blocks. He's just filling up the stat sheet and playing on both ends of the floor. Um, 
like I said, the only question mark with KD, sorry, not KD, with AD is if he can have consistency, if he can stay on the floor for long enough to make an impact. And 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 that's going to be a, a recurring theme with players of this series, of the key injury series, because we spoke about Kawhi uh, last episode. And, and it's pretty much the same thing with him. Like, it's not we're not we don't have questions about Kawhi's talents and, and what he can do. And if he wants if he has to prove anybody, prove anything to anyone to keep keep his legacy up there or defend his legacy against maybe newer players or anything like that. It's really can he play and just, you know, stay on the floor long enough to to make an impact on his team right now. And, and that's the same way I feel about A.D., and to AD's credit, like I just said, he's been, I think, playing through little minor injuries this season and staying on the floor. Uh, and as a result of that, they, you know, started to win a little bit. They're still a little bit below 500, but they've started to win. So he's definitely going to be an interesting case to to continue to watch. Um, I think like what Sean said is true. Uh, AD, his legacy should be for the most part fine. Unless, you know, it gets out of hand and he just continues to get injured like every season. And like you said, it's not AD's fault entirely. It's just certain things that's out of his control. But, you know, it's, it's like, you know, certain like, we look back and certain things just injuries just prevent um, and to a lesser degree than, than both of the people that we've studied in the situation. You, you can go back and look at an Odin or Brandon Roy or whatever the case may be. Like it's just injuries is just something that just, just prevents and, and, and leaves you with a lot of what ifs, but thankfully in both, both subjects of this, of the key injury segment, they've both managed to, you know, win a ring in Kawhi and AD situations. So it's just interesting to see. So, you know, how, how their careers continue and how the season specifically continues. Yeah, no, but it makes me think, though, what you said, though, Jabari, as far as, like, you said, like, man, they was Kawhi. We, obviously, last week, Kawhi, this week, AD. They were still able to have success and stuff like that. But it made me think, too, um, how greatness, a lot of that does have to do with your durability, right? Like, um, obviously, that's what makes LeBron has the numbers and things like that, too, right? But what makes him so great is the longevity that he has. That plays a huge factor. So it just yep. makes you think, like, man, okay, what, what would Kawhi's career look like if he could stay healthy? If he had LeBron's help, or what would AD look like if he had LeBron's help, right? Because remember, too, for a little bit, um, I remember that being a debate as well. Who would you rather have, Greek and or or uh, AD? And I remember I was one of the few that was like, oh no, I'll say Greek, just because I. I liked what I saw more, and I was—I ain't gonna lie—I was bringing up the injuries back then, before he was a Laker. Um, I just trusted Greek more, and obviously, you know, fast forward, it's like, oh yeah, of course you, you would take Giannis, but um, but yeah, so it just makes me think, man, like what their careers would look like, right? Like, how how much, um, uh, would they move up on the scale if they was able to have a LeBron, uh, type of help? I think. Barring any severe setback, serious injury, aside from the, you know, small little ones that he's, he's been dealing with here and there, I think his legacy will be fine, like like both of you. Um, I think that I do disagree with uh, Sean in the case of 
the Pelican success probably endangering it only because, again, when you look at the team then and now, the caliber of players is, is different and health has been more favorable. Um, it has, it's overall been more favorable for this current team. I mean, back then, the player like C.J. McCollum, C.J. McCollum's impact on this Pelicans has been felt far and wide. Uh, they also have a player in B.I. who people constantly, and even stars in this league, highly tout, you know, which B.I. has been compared to being another K.D. LeBron has, has praised him. KD has praised him. You know, a, a lot of established stars have praised B.I. And while Boogie was supposed to be somebody and supposed to be a big threat, I still don't think that a caliber player of a B.I. was had on that Pelicans team um, outside of A.B. So I feel like this team is already better situated off rip than those past Pelican teams. So if they do find success, especially quicker and sooner, I, I wouldn't use that against um, AD's own legacy personally. Um, um, I disagree a little bit, but that's, that's for another day. <laughs> you know, no, you know, we're going to disagree. You know, sometimes if we agreed on everything, this would be a boring-ass show. I'll tell you that right now. But um, <laughs> regardless, regardless, though, you know, AD's I, – I, I call AD soft, um, fragile, but he is skilled. There's no denying how skilled he is when he's healthy. He can basically do it all. He can play defense. He can move on the court. He can shoot. When he wants to post up, he can post up. He is a very dangerous player. And I would be a hypocrite to not to not give AD those his just views when, you know, I'm a big Embiid fan. And we all know Embiid also has, you know, injury history that's, <laughs> that's suspect as well. He might end up being on this segment. Who knows? Uh, however, AD has something that Embiid doesn't have at, as of this point, and that is a championship. You know, even if it's in the bubble, I don't really care. It's still a championship. So we'll see what happens. Um, overall, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another new episode of Full Court Press. We do love getting together and then just talking hoops and really just being able to provide you some content um by all means if you want to reach us uh i said i, should, I would put it in the description i'll put it in the description of this episode i promise, I promise. email sean yeah email sean larry i'll put his email in the um, bio description as well uh but please 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 you know happy holidays happy monday you guys have a great start to the week uh, I know we forgot to do our games of the week segment, but that's that's fine. No worries. We'll we'll be talking about games um, during the uh, we'll be recapping games next episode for sure. For sure. But anyway, that being said, Bari, Sean, it was it was a pleasure as always. Thank you again, for Brian, and we out of here. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,